All right, welcome back to another episode of the Float Universe podcast. I'm so happy tonight to have this guest. Like I talked about in previous episodes this season, I'm trying to reflect back to the audience. And with tonight's guest, um, multiple people have brought him to my attention, and it's through the audience that enjoys the psychedelic content that a lot of times brings me into, yeah, like into your world. Which I guess you followed me for a bit too, and I'm like, oh man, this is this guy's awesome. And you're what, 12 hours away? You're in Australia, so welcome, Trip Whip. He's uh, big on YouTube, big on TikTok with his psychedelic uh, themed content. How are you tonight? Yeah, feeling great, man. It's an absolute honor to be on. I have been watching you for a long time, so I know definitely we kind of have a lot of the same thoughts, and uh, I'm sure we'll have an awesome conversation. Yes, sir. I was uh, looking at your YouTube videos, and I'm like, man, we definitely do have a lot of similar things, and I, and which is good because I do think that there is some objectivity to a psychedelic experience, not necessarily the contents of it, but the reflective nature of your mind and your subconscious stuff, and you know what what is God? We'll get into that. So, trip whip. You are in Australia. How long have you been doing this kind of psychedelic content? Um, so I've only been doing TikTok now for like, uh, just over a year. Um, and TikTok's like pretty much just taken over. So I'm like almost only doing TikTok at the moment. And then, um, I'll make content for that. And then I'll kind of post onto YouTube and Instagram as well. Uh, before that I was doing YouTube, geez, maybe like I started doing YouTube on and off, um, like five years ago. It's been a while now. Yeah, I love the YouTube. Uh, you know, TikTok's good for short form. What do you got? Like three minutes maximum, and then YouTube yeah. is you know this, this, as long as you want basically at this point. But you have a lot of great videos on yeah. YouTube, high quality content. It's uh, you're you're a good speaker, and uh, you do bring a lot of insight into psychedelic experiences. And there's there there is a decent amount of psychedelic content, but online. But you know, it's interesting with TikTok. I've tried. And I've just done it through memes. And I think what's what it is is the tagging. On TikTok, what do you tag your videos with? Or do you tag them? I mean, I'm pretty like, I, I'm like, I don't really hide too much on TikTok. Uh, I have a pretty heavy disclaimer on there, but I've definitely found TikTok is a lot more kind to me than YouTube when it comes to uh, posting psychedelic content. I, I've posted like, you know, a live DMT experience of, of one of my friends doing it for their first time and literally was quite honest about how they had a very positive experience. I didn't hide the fact that it was DMT. I tagged, you know, DMT, TikTok, all that sort of stuff. Um, and it was reported and it was taken down. And then I actually um, had it like appealed um, and they put it back up and um, and they were fine with that sort of content on my on my channel. So I think I do, maybe it's the disclaimer that I put in there, you know, just telling yeah. people not to do anything illegal. Um, but yeah, that's, I don't know. TikTok's been way more kind to me than YouTube. Much you know, more kind. It, it's very interesting. All these different apps. My big thing is Instagram. I've tried to break into TikTok and for whatever reason, it may be that I'm an American. It may be, I'm just, yeah, I'm not putting a disclaimer and, the, and a lot of the memes, you know, they're jokes, but if you aren't reading into them correctly, you can, it, it, you could, you could argue that they are encouraging relatively dangerous things. Um, so yeah, I, right. uh, and then I saw for a while there, you had a video on YouTube. It was like, uh, you know, because YouTube and, and Instagram, uh, like four or five years ago, they were going after this psychedelic DMT, LSD. You couldn't tag DMT. You couldn't tag a lot of these things on Instagram. The 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 hashtag uh, LSD or DMT True. would right. be, you know, blocked. You couldn't see the content. 
So it's a, uh, it's a hard world to navigate. Right. I have a hard time sometimes um, yeah. pushing these, not, not necessarily pushing these things, but you know, being their champion. So why did you start and, and tell us your story? How did you get into psychedelics and then deciding, Hey, I'm going to share my experiences with the rest of the world. Cause you're global at this I point think, too. I mean, um, you're, 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 Oh, sorry. You're in Australia, by the way, people that can't understand. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm at five o'clock in the morning here to do this interview. You're 5 PM over there. <laughs> and uh, that's how excited I was. I'm like, I got to get this. Uh, I got to talk to this guy. And we've been trying now for a few weeks to figure out the time. But yeah, how did you get gotta, into this down. world of doing psychedelics and then saying, you know what, I, I, I want to share this with literally the entire world? Um, I think for me, it was because of, I was just extremely frustrated. Um, when I started, uh, it was kind of an accident. Like I just started uh, smoking like weed. I think I was trying to get with a chick and she was like smoking weed at the time. So I like literally just smoked weed to kind of get closer to her. And, um, I had some like interesting experiences with that, but nothing out of this world. And then somebody actually, I had a group of friends come over and one of them invited this like stranger and he was smoking weed or what I thought was weed. Um, and he was just like encouraging everyone to do it. And I could see him like rocking back and forth as he's like, just had this really, you know, big hit. And I was like, this looks like some strong stuff. I've got to try it tried it and it was synthetic weed as it turned out. And um, it was just so beyond anything I'd ever experienced in my life. And I would never, I didn't really get anything, you know, any profound insights from it or anything like um, I would say, like I didn't develop a healthy mindset from that experience or anything. It wasn't, you know, something I didn't really see much point in um, investing in, uh, like researching. Uh, but it was so out of this world that it just like completely humbled me. And I just thought that that sort of experience I had at that time would be impossible. So uh, after that, I really wanted to just start trying different uh, psychedelic experiences uh, or psychedelics and just seeing how different, you know, the experiences were, what sort of different experiences you could have. And I wasn't in the healthiest mindset back then. And I was trying just different stuff. And eventually, um, in fact, I wasn't even trying to get, you know, try different psychedelics. I didn't know that psychedelics were as special as they were. I was just trying different drugs. And eventually I found LSD. And as soon as I found LSD, I remember it was like this hit of just like, I could see the beauty around me for the first time, it felt like. And I could just see all these unhealthy patterns that had been forming in my life. And it was like that moment, it just felt like the train tracks, you know, realigned and I was put on a different path and uh, just started, you know, just going after a much um, healthier lifestyle, much healthier mentality. And basically after that point, I kind of just stuck to the more traditional psychedelics, LSD, mushrooms, DMT, um, and, you know, things like that, a few different research psychedelics. And yeah, that ever since then, that was like, um, geez, that may have been like eight years ago, um, seven years ago. And um, uh, yeah, uh, put me on a completely different path. And uh, it was just so fascinating. I had to talk about it. Uh, unfortunately, here in Australia, I had nobody who wanted to talk about it, um, mm -hmm. you know, in my circle. And so pretty much that's why I went on to YouTube. I just made a couple of videos about my experiences and I was really surprised about the reception. I was definitely expecting a lot more resistance or at least, you know, nowhere near as many people to relate to the sort of experiences I was having. I thought, you know, they were kind of more unique than they were. And as it turns out, there's a whole community of people having the exact same experiences. And that, that got me addicted to also creating psychedelic content because I just love that connection with the community. You know, what I like about you is you're not, uh, you know, you don't come off as the stereotypical druggie. 
And you know, no homo, but you're a fairly attractive looking man. You got some nice symmetrical features. You're not got long hair out down to your ass. <laughs> Thanks, you're not wearing tie dye shirts. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're not the 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 the, the, sure. the, the stereotype of the typical uh, high level psychedelic drug user. You know, I'm not either, but right. uh, I I think I fit a little bit more into the mold than you do. Um. So yeah, it, I mean, it takes a lot of courage to talk about these things. What was? I got two questions. Well, I'll ask the first question. What? Like, were you concerned that because I was when I first started floating, I had done psychedelics prior, but I never really had given them the space they really needed because, you know, prior to the float tank, I didn't have a lot of um, stillness. I didn't have a lot of what it takes, I think, to really get yeah. you know, w the best out of the psychedelics, which is a stillness, a, a calmness, um, and a, a, a yeah. non judgmental, open attitude towards it. And so once I just got into floating, that just opened all the rest of this stuff up for me. Um, yep. well, what was I going to say? Yeah. Luckily this isn't live. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. my, my brain's still waking up. So, oh yeah. So what were you doing, uh, as a job? I, I was concerned, like I was saying that I had discovered this stuff. I had a, a job where I was exposed to the public and, uh, I was, I was a wedding photographer and I was posting this stuff right. online and I didn't. I wanted to be able to share the experiences with the float tank and the psychedelics, but I didn't want to scare away my, you know, normie audience of a, of, of a, a clients yeah. exactly, or, or potential clients that are like, we're going to hire this guy for our wedding yeah. to do pictures. And we want to make sure that he's not going to be high yeah. or, or he's going to make sure he's going to be there. You know, or we don't want to associate with a druggie. Yeah. So for me, I had to create Float Universe initially because I was like a secret identity where I could talk mm -hmm. about these things without the repercussions of, mm -hmm. you know, the social stigma and just the attitude towards it. What were you doing prior to the prior to this trip whip um, experience and character? Um, and have you faced any backlash, you know, being a proponent of psychedelic drugs? Um, funnily enough, I was working at a sensory deprivation tank. Uh, oh, I was wow. just like, I, I was, on yeah, that one. Yeah. yeah, that's, that's where I was working when I started. Where yeah, were you working? Yeah. So, uh, I worked at a place called Beyond Rest, um, okay, here yeah. in Perth. Yeah, I yeah. know, I know, I, I, I don't know them personally, but I know who you're talking about. Yeah. So, oh, cool. Awesome. So, yeah. okay. So that's, um, I, oh, go ahead. Oh, no, it's what I was just going to say that, like, as you can imagine, I wasn't too concerned about, you know, the people I was working with seeing right. my sort of uh, my sort of content. In fact, I was showing them. <laughs> right. Okay. So, well, what, um, ab what about your family then, I guess? Did they have any concerns or, you know, like, hey, you're we're, we don't want to be related to you now? I've always been. It's very hard for me to kind of that. That was one of the reasons why I had to make the video is because I find it hard to kind of not talk about the stuff I'm passionate about. I'm kind of like annoying like that. Like I'm not the same anymore because probably I've got this stuff to vent on. But back then I just wanted to talk about it. So I didn't really care that they weren't into it. Like I was kind of that annoying dude shoving psychedelics down people's throats. Like you've got to try it. Like I was talking to my mom. I was talking to my dad about it. And they all thought, of course, I was just like, you know, addicts and or an addict. And I was like going down a very dark and dangerous path. But I just, I don't know. I was quite like, I, I've always had this um, this feeling of like if, if what I'm doing doesn't resonate with somebody or like a particular path and that's not the path for me or that's not the person to to be in my life, you know, like I, I want to be able to express myself um, honestly with the people I'm around. Um, 
and yeah, I mean, you know, my mum eventually saw the videos uh, because my uncle like uh, saw it on his his page. He was kind of into the spirituality and stuff, so he sent it to her. And she ended up giving me a call and she was like, Jack, I'm so proud of you. Like, I didn't realize that there are like, there's a community of people who, you know, have, she didn't quite phrase it like this, but basically it was like, I was, I didn't realize that you're not like the only person going through this. You're not as crazy. And mm -hmm. so she ended up buying, you know, how to change your brain with psychedelics, just researching it herself. And now she's, she's been saying for a long time that she wants to try acid and she hasn't, but you know, she's kind of obviously converted to realizing how, you know, um, the potential of psychedelics. So yeah, I, I wasn't, I wasn't really ever afraid of the backlash and, um, I haven't really received that much. Um, I just now currently just do a little bit of support work, um, on the weekends and then I'll do the, the rest of the, the money comes from TikTok work. And that's, yeah, you know, like, uh, that's kind of where I'm at. So it's, it's so, been smooth sailing so far. Awesome. So you're supporting yourself fully with all your psychedelic content or do you have a a, a part-time job or a full-time job i've got a part-time job um with like that that's the support work uh like working with disabled people i'll okay. do that um yeah i'll do that on the weekend um not like i could do tiktok full-time but i think like i don't know like you have to really go into like sponsorships and stuff like that and um i like you know being able to just kind of promote stuff that i actually use myself so at the, at the moment it's it's I'm, I'm happy with the level it's at yeah it's it's tough to create uh uh a financial uh, a strong consistent financial um you know lifestyle with psychedelic you're just talking about psychedelics constantly it kind of gets old after a while it's kind of a you know mm. I, I keep going around the track and I, I see new things i learn where the bumps are and i smooth it out a little bit more as i talk about yep. these things but uh I keep finding, I keep reaching for like content for like like the DMT jesters and stuff like that. But before I get into oh, yeah, yeah. the he the heavy psychedelic stuff, because you've got a lot of great topics we can talk about. I want now that you brought up the float tank stuff, I didn't realize that this was a part of your journey, right. and it sounds like to me it preceded the trip whip experience. So, what got you into floating yeah. initially? Uh, well, I was already into psychedelics um, when I started floating. Um, and for me, I just literally, uh, I got it as a present for my for my mom's birthday, got one for myself, took it to the float tank place. And then everybody there was just talking about psychedelics. Like as soon as I walked in, you know, they were kind of like, have you had a, like, uh, do you know what to expect in the tank? I said, no. They started talking to me about it. And, you know, they said, basically, if you've had acid, you know, you, you kind of will know what to expect a little bit and then i was like oh you know start talking to them about that and then just had a float came out and just chat for like a few hours about trips and stuff um but yeah no i'm I, like i've definitely got a lot of experience with um uh sorry i forgot what i was saying but i will say um you know these definitely the floating communities and the psychedelic communities i feel like like you're gonna have a lot of crossover there um because mm -hmm. you either enter very similar headspaces um, or, you know, you can kind of also um, combine the two as well and um, have some very interesting experiences. Right. So for those that don't know, or maybe just be, or just hearing about float tanks for the first time, this is a float tank behind me. You, you go to a float center and they're usually th at least three or four in every metropolitan area. And there's usually at least one or two within an hour's drive of you, even if you're in the countryside. <clears throat> And so what it is, you can see it's a, a thousand pounds of Epsom salt, give or take, 
Um, I mean, I guess it's kilograms or whatever in your neck of the woods, but it's a thousand pounds of Epsom salt heated to 93.5 degrees Fahrenheit. And there's about 350 gallons of water. So it's a very rich Epsom salt solution. It's very therapeutic on the, on the basic physical level. I tell people the main thing you'll experience the first time is deep relaxation. You'll feel very soft and, uh, you may, you know, yeah, you may have a trip, you may go somewhere, you may have a spiritual experience, but I try to, uh, my rule with, you know, doing floats over the past, I don't know, 10, 15 years now is, uh, no, it's been, it's been 10 years. I started in 2014, um, is to have no expectations of with the float, you know, let it just happen. Don't, don't think that it's going to be a Joe Rogan experience the first time, because that's a, you know, a, a high expectations is a good way to set yourself up for failure and to never want to do it again. So, um, how many yeah. times have you floated? Uh, I mean, I was working there. We got it for free. So right. I oh, that's right. Uh, how long did you work yeah. there? Um, I probably worked there for three years, maybe. Um, and yeah, so, yeah. You floated hundreds of times, then probably. Yeah, that's for sure. That's awesome. So that, I didn't know that about you. So that's a really cool bonus. Did you have any float tank videos in your yeah. on your on your YouTube? I didn't. I, I looked, and but I didn't. I didn't watch every video. I don't. Know I don't think had, I do. I didn't think you did either. No, no, no. I um. I I, I never did a, a um. I, I think our um, like Beyond Rest was a little bit apprehensive about kind of relating to psychedelics. Right. So they didn't want to be associated with psychedelics. Um, and I don't know. I, I could have made a video just about the floats itself, but um, yeah, I I, I yeah. should have. I should have. But the, yeah, I never did. I've experienced a lot of that in the float community since I started this float universe character, which was a lot of float centers, but would, would love for people to ignore the whole history of float tanks, which is basically centered around right. psychedelic drug use, which John Lilly, by the way, the people that don't know what float tanks are, yeah. this is the guy that invented this in the fifties. And he invented it with the primary purpose of separating your brain from as much external stimulation as possible, you know, to try to just remove everything. And what would, what would happen to the brain? without any kind of input it's it's a very hard state to achieve and you know i tell people a, a good float experience can be like you've been a meditator in a cave for 20 years you can get to that level of experience very quickly through the power of the isolation and the the stillness and uh and so for i've i've never ignored the fact that john Lilly was doing acid and ketamine and all these other psychedelics in the float tank and it has a huge history of it but I'd say at least half of the float industry and at least at me and coming at me for the content I've produced upset about it because it's, it, it, it's, it's promoting psychedelics, which some people don't agree with ultimately. And I, I can appreciate that, but really I think it's about, they don't want people coming into the float center on mushrooms or acid and, you know, throwing up or having a bad time or, you know, cause I've had that happen where I ran a float center. Yeah. I lived at a float center for two years and I only had a handful of experiences. Most of the time it was people on edibles where they would just pass out in the tank and it was very hard to wake them up to the point of opening the door and like knocking, right. like knocking on the tank. And then I had, a, 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 I think, two yeah. experiences where a guy, a guy came in on mushrooms and, you know, the mushrooms, you don't know what's going to happen. If it's two grams or five grams, it could be, nothing or it could be you're on the ground crying and sweating 
And so I had a few experiences where people would come in, the mushrooms weren't kind to them, or they took too much. They didn't, they didn't time it correctly. And so I'm trip sitting, uh, yeah. cust customers. And I didn't, I don't, I didn't like that, you know, because I've got a business to <laughs> run and I've got a guy in the, in the back room, just, you know, yeah. you know, having a bad time. So I've had a lot of backlash yes. for promoting the float with psychedelics, but I can't help it. That's the truth. And that's why I resonate with your content. I think that's why you're a leader in the, the psychedelic community is you are coming from a place of truth and it, it's a subjective truth, but nonetheless, it's a truthful thing. Mm -hmm. And in a world full of lies and, and, and inversion, it's always nice to hear the truth, you know, even if you're not 100% mm -hmm. correct. I mean, the thing is, what do you, you know, how many trips do you think you've done now of, you know, heavy DMT, heavy LSD, heavy mushrooms? I'm talking three, two or three tabs or more, you know, four or five grams more. Yeah. How many like, you know, balls to the wall trips have you had? Um, so, uh, my most intense trips would have been, um, in the early days when I did like, I had four very intense synthetic weed trips. Um, they, they were like when I was in that unhealthy state in the beginning, then I'd say I had a lot of acid trips. The problem is, um, I find that meditation enhances the trips like exponentially. 100%. So like, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I've had very heavy trips on like a higher dose of acid when where like more stuff has happened you know what i mean i've gone out and done stuff but then i've probably actually gone to a deeper place on like one tab just meditating mm -hmm. um but besides the meditation i'd say i've had maybe um maybe four very intense acid trips um and on dmt i'd say i've only had three uh three intense ones and mushrooms i don't think i've ever had a really intense one maybe uh one like mid like medium medium heavy mm -hmm. it's um it's oh quite and then i i would say i did sorry i did i was gonna say i mixed acid and mushrooms as well that was um one of the intenser ones you know it's uh it's quite an undertaking to uh you know throw yourself into this at, at the mercy of the psychedelic because you, you never know what's going to happen now I have a theory and, and, and I feel like after w uh, watching your content, you have a very similar theory. My theory is we all have a relative state of density and some of us are much thicker uh, than other people. And when I say thicker, you could say that's maybe unconsciousness. So the more unconscious you are, the more dense you are, the more psychedelics you're going to need to wake up. Whereas if you are a very high frequent, right. If you're a very high frequency being to start with, right? Let's say you've never done psychedelics, but you're you you've lived a good life, you've had you know your grace, and you've um, you know practiced certain spiritual things, maybe even unknowingly doing it, you know, like a breathing practice or um, just connecting to God in a certain way, yeah. being being more conscious in general. You have a higher frequency, and so yeah. when you have that higher frequency, my theory is you you need less to experience the same thing. Uh, whereas, you know, like, for example, first, let's say you're like a, a, a yogi that's been doing all this work and, and, and meditating and not using any substances and you take one tab of acid and, you know, you are beyond the moon. But if you are a dense person, you've lived an unconscious lifestyle, you've um, you eat you eat bad food, you 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 drink alcohol heavily, you you know, all, you know, lower frequency things, 
that one tab, that same one tab of acid isn't going to take you as far. And uh, and that's why I think the float tank is a is a major part in psychedelic journey mm. because it can it's an equalizer that can take a person that doesn't have much meditative experience. For example, I I think you like LSD as much as I do. LSD is a meditator's drug. I feel like you get more out of LSD the more you can center, the more you can center yourself and go within. You know, uh, so, so yeah. I, yeah. So it yeah. sounds like you do have the same like kind of understanding. Definitely, I feel that like I'll see a lot of people in the comments kind of like uh, boast about how much acid they can take and like not be affected by it, and like it's to, in all fairness like there's no way I could do what they're doing. Like I couldn't have that much acid and just like have a normal conversation with my friends. But at the same time, I do know that when I began my journey, my tolerance was definitely at its highest. Like it's not that, you know, I became more tolerant over time. It's it's kind of, in my opinion, at least with my experience, it's probably different with everyone um, or at least a lot of people. But for me personally, it was a skill that I had to develop in order to be able to kind of access I guess you'd say deeper states whilst on psychedelics, you know, like when I began meditating, if I took two tabs of acid, I would go nowhere near as, you know, deep as I can now just by taking one tab of acid and meditating. It wouldn't be even close. I could probably just smoke weed and go deeper than I used to be able to on two tabs while meditating because you learn how to just let go and you learn how to like, as you see confronting stuff, still just be at peace and let go and the more capable of you know just being at peace and letting go um like the, the more capable you are of doing that the deeper you can go because you'll just keep going deeper and deeper and deeper until eventually it gets too much where you're like okay I, like this is this is i'm on a dmt trip right now i gotta open my eyes sort of thing so um yeah you know um that, that, that's how i always looked at it but i know that there are probably people out there who like um go to those deep states and are still able to maintain a normal conversation with somebody on a high, you know, mm -hmm. on a high dose or something. And in that case, I'd say that is, that probably is worth like bragging about. Cause I definitely couldn't do that. No way. Yeah. You know, I kind of discovered this, um, through weed, which was, I'm like, how am I? Well, well first of all, I did notice like you, I, I, I came into the psychedelic experience balls to the walls. Like I love it. And, uh, I could take a ton and I would experience a, a decent amount of stuff. But as I progress spiritually, I almost don't even want to do them anymore. Um, yeah. The main reason I don't, I didn't want to do them is because the past probably three years, I've had, you know, peak uh, marijuana addiction, like very high dose. I mean, th an eighth of weed a day. I'm spending four wow. or five, yeah, like four or $500 a month, no problem. Um, right. and, and, and it's a problem because, you know, your tolerance levels just sky high and you don't experience yeah. anything, uh, beneficial almost about it at that point. And so I started right. thinking to myself, like, how is it that I, you know, am just destroyed by smoking this amount of weed, but like maybe Willie Nelson or Snoop Dogg can smoke weed all day. Maybe that's not even true. Maybe they don't, maybe they don't smoke as much as we think they do. Right. Because I know. People right. think Snoop Dogg smokes a truck worth of weed every day. Maybe he really doesn't. Maybe he smokes one blunt a day. Who knows? But let's say he yeah. smokes. Let's let's say he smokes all day long. Like, how is he able to do that? Right. So maybe it's his frequency. I'm not saying I'm high, more high frequency than Snoop Dogg or Willie Nelson, but it's like, how are certain people able to do this stuff consistently and not just get destroyed? Right. You know, not, you know, like, and so, and 
it's like a medicine that I don't need anymore. Here's another theory I have about weed. Are you, are you a weed smoker? Uh, not anymore, but I definitely used to be for sure. Well, here's a theory, okay, that when you are a low frequency person, like marijuana, I believe, exists on its own frequency. And so if you're a low frequency mm. person prior to smoking marijuana, it brings you up to the marijuana's frequency. That's why you get high. Right. Right. And but let's say you have done some work and you have, you know, kind of transcended the marijuana frequency to smoke weed at that point brings you down, you know. So I, I don't know if that's uh, this is just pure speculation based on my right, right. Uh, my metaphysical theories. But it seems like all these substances exist at their own frequency, of course, that you can obviously your body starts to match, I think. And so here's another theory I have. And maybe you can you know disagree with this or not. But. I think that the same the same kind of theory applies to psychedelics that you take mushrooms or acid and you you may be frequency wise lower than acid or lower than mushrooms and it when you take mushrooms or acid or any psychedelic a lot of people experience tremors right on the come up do you experience uh like any kind of like physiological response to psychedelics when you take them like do you shake do you have tremors uh On the sometimes, sometimes on the come up, like, like, like time, sometimes, definitely. Well, 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 my theory is that that physiological yeah, I, that physiological shift is the fact that you are now in the realm or or reaching the vibrational frequency of the mushroom, and because of that, your your physiological like energy state starts to shift, and that's why I think people shake or they sweat. Um, I mean, it's mm. doing all kinds of things that I, I don't think either one of us will ever fully understand. But those are just a few of my right. theories, which is, you know, your density, your consciousness definitely plays a role in where these things take you, what you get out of them. And that's why I support, uh, you know, if you're going to do psychedelics, do floating for a few reasons. Floating is going to help you become more mm. calm, uh, more relaxed, more meditative. And then also the float tank. Now, let me ask you this. I would use the float tank as a tool after a psychedelic trip to put myself back together. Sometimes I would blow my brains apart so profoundly. Oh, smart. To, it would help me ground and it would help me integrate the experience. Now, what yes, that's do you, would you now, uh, you don't have to talk about it. I guess you worked there if you want to, but what was your experience with psychedelics in the float tank, both using them during trips and then maybe after or did you even do that did you ever do psychedelics in the float tank uh, i did um i think actually i'm trying to think if i maybe actually you know i think i did do mushrooms uh in the float tank um but i'm i'm got the timing off um like such a missed opportunity uh i'm i'm, I'm, I'm like surely i did but if I have, I didn't have like an experience. I really remember that vividly in the in the uh, tank itself. Mm -hmm. I do know that we also had this like flashing light, um, the Arjun light, mm -hmm. um, and I definitely used that on psychedelics quite a few times. Um, oh, that's awesome! That's a good thing. Yeah, yeah. I want to talk about that. Yeah. I didn't know you had access to one of those though. The Arjun light. That's, that's the yeah. That's that's yeah. like the Lucia light, right? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah, it, it's wild, bro. On psychedelics, that was insane. Like that was so out of this world. Like the open eye visuals, um, 
but and, and same with weed you know that's the thing i did have a question when you were when you were saying uh vibration and how you're saying the psychedelics but you want like a particular frequency mm-hmm. when you say uh frequency do you mean um do you mind def- like helping me like uh just understand that a, a little bit more do you mean like in terms of like your mind being positive or is it in terms of how connected you are to like your third eye sort of perspective when i say vibra- uh, vibration and frequency I'm talking about, you know, like the 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 rate at which your molecules vibrate at, like your energy field, like your your electromagnetic field. It's uh, and and I also think like a frequency is like a station on a radio. Like right now we're in the human realm, right, right, tuned right. into human consciousness, but on another station, on another frequency is salvia divinorum and bugs, and then on another frequency yeah. is yes. you know DMT jesters, yeah. right? And then, so that's what I kind of mean. Like a vibratory state is like like your molecules moving like your atoms moving at a certain speed like your mind it's a, just a, a either a lower state which is like a hell realm or a right. higher state which is more of an angelic realm you know like it's just okay. levels and 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 almost like a radio station mm-hmm. in see a that's way. that's hard that's hard for me to um um see I, for me with my like experiences on acid mushrooms they haven't really been like consistent. Like acid's probably been a lot more consistent for me than mushrooms, but there have definitely been trips that have been like really high. And then there've been trips that are kind of a little bit like more challenging. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of like even the experiences on psychedelics, just like in life have kind of been like a little bit up and down. So for me personally, um, I don't know. I wouldn't say I, I, I kind of feel that I, you know, uh, when I take acid or mushrooms or whatever, that I am kind of, I slip back into the same sort of frequency because there are even acid trips where I will like uh, not blast off at all. Like if I take acid and I'm hanging out with some friends and, and they want to watch a movie for me, I'm not going to feel that different to if I'm sober, you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. we're kind of very much just in touch with this like social programming. And so I don't really let go of that programming. I kind of just stay in, stay as me, stay as Jack sort of thing. Um, whereas if I'm meditating, you know, it definitely is going to go somewhere else. Well, you know, I think it, that's an interesting point. Uh, and I, but I also think that's based on how much you've taken, right? That I think there are doses where it's like, you can't, it's ego dissolution is going to happen. You cannot call you cannot control oh, your yeah. ego because yeah. I would have, I would have experiences in the float that's tank right. where I'm like, I would completely dissolve into it and it was great. But then I, cause I took way, way too much or, you know, the, the right amount basically. But then sometimes like for example, I would be doing psychedelics too much, and so you get a little bit of a tolerance. Or sometimes the psychedelics, I feel, just kind of lock you out of the experience because it's just you know you don't mm-hmm. need to be there. And so right. I would sometimes take either not enough or whatever reason I wouldn't fully dissolve. And that was like really those are the worst trips where, for whatever reason, I tried to let go because you you do learn initially. Like that's one of the first things you learn with basic psychedelic use is you have to let go to go, you know, deeper into the trip. DMT demands it. You know, yeah. the, the first DMT trip I had was just these aliens screaming at me to let go. Wow. Um, and then as soon as I let go, obviously, then it was like the, you know, eyeball tunnel into the DMT realm. Um, right. But, you know, it's just crazy stuff, man. And you never know what you're going to yeah. get. You can't never, re- I've never been able to repeat a trip. And um, I've tried to, I've tried to set the conditions where it's like, okay, I'm going to go to the same place. So for me, like the ultimate Mm -hmm. takeaway for psychedelics is it's some kind of reflective experience with your psyche. Now, some people 
like let's just let's just kind of shift gears into DMT real quick because that's the topic I've been on for the past few weeks. And as I quit marijuana, I'm on day ten for anybody at home uh, playing along, following my journey. Um, and I've I've basically hit a wall right now where I've smoked weed for like twelve years hardcore. And yeah. as you start to quit, you know, I'm sure maybe you've experienced this. You do hit kind of this wall where I'm I'm exhausted. I'm I just woke yeah. up and I'm exhausted, and because my body is trying to adjust from what I've been doing to it. Um, so with psychedelics, I think, yeah, the, I think that's kind of like this general takeaway for me. It's a reflective experience based on your own inner self and what it's, and what God, for lack of a better word, is trying to show you. So right. what do you, what do you think if you could kind of like make a blanket statement about the psychedelic experience? What is it now? And, and you, you do make a good point. I wanted to talk about this too. Like there is always this takeaway from acid, which is the universal connectedness of all things. It may be presented to me in different forms, but this the at the takeaway with acid is always like we're all connected. It's all one. We'll get into that. But I wanted to get your kind of like general theory on what are psychedelics? What are they showing us? Is there any objectiveness to it? Is it a subjective thing? Like what do you right. think? What do you think? Um. All right. I think what psychedelics are fantastic for is like i can't remember what it comes from um you know i think it's a buddhist thing where they talk about trying to understand nirvana and they're like we can't say what nirvana is but we can say what nirvana isn't because nirvana can't be you know um expressed through logic so obviously when we have these psychedelic experiences we come back we have to like make sense of it you know as humans in this like 3d earthly experience and we do you know we process it logically and so i think that what psychedelics are fantastic for and what is probably i'd say objective about psychedelics is they can show you aspects of your sober experience that aren't as real as you thought they were um you know for me when i started taking higher doses of acid i was shocked to see how fundamental like your fundamental perception of reality can just be altered so easily and how like subjective and fragile your sensory experience itself is. Um, and for me, it just showed me, well, if, if, you know, like these things can be altered to the degree that they're being altered right now, um, then when I'm sober, like so much more of my experience is obviously a hallucination that I realized. And it's kind of gone to the point now where I'm like, you know, there's no way for you to know if your experience is, just not a hundred percent a hallucination or not. So, um, yes, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. So I think psychedelics are really great for that. If you're somebody who's really, you know, attached to your reality and your way of looking at life, and that's not a good thing for you. Like if you kind of feel stressed, depressed, as if you kind of are not being your authentic self, you're living your life for other people, something like a psychedelic experience can really help you just break out of that mold and realize like all of this is a lot more subjective than I realized. All of this is, you know, for lack of a better word, a hallucination. And really I'm a lot more free to do whatever I want um, than I thought I was. But, you know, obviously on the flip side of that is if you are somebody who's really attached to your reality and you don't want it to be like shattered, psychedelics can be very dangerous for a person like that. They can, you know, you will be labeled a schizophrenic or something if you don't know how to integrate the psychedelic headspace and the things that you see there that feel so real. If you don't know how to integrate those into your sober reality in a healthy way, 
um, then yeah, you might feel like you're going crazy a little bit. You might feel like you're losing your grip on reality. To say uh, whether or not what you see on psychedelics is real, the only thing I can say is they definitely feel realer than this reality. And I would say that um, like, I think they are realer than this reality in the sense that um, they will tell you information um, about your sober reality that like the entities or whatever, you know, information you're channeling, they'll tell you stuff that really actually does um, manifest itself as practical advice, like just learning, you know, it's, it's they can help you find inner love, um, accept unconditional love for yourself, forgiveness for other people. You know, that's the sort of information you can get from these light beings and stuff like that. Um, and it's practical information and it's information that's so beautiful and pure that you can't necessarily get from just people in on earth, you know? Um, right. so I, I would say it's, it's realer than real, but whether or not it's objective, like, uh, I, like the way that we experience it, I don't think we are really capable of experiencing objective reality, but like, it also comes down to that question is like, what is real? Like real could just be a feeling in the brain. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I don't know. Uh, you know, I, I agree. And I, I'm, I'm, that's why I'm still like, as much as I've experienced always coming back to like, people will tell me something and I'm like, wait, I have to uh, reevaluate my own belief system based on what you've told me. And, right. you know, like, for example, I've been interviewed, I inter interviewed this guy recently. Who's like, you know, psychedelics maybe maybe this demonic long con right to be like okay uh you smoke dmt and i'm going to give you some practical information that you can use in your life and because of that now i've got you hooked into the the possibility that dmt is this great thing but really it's this demonic long con i'm just giving you a little <laughs> bit of help now so in the end you're gonna help me uh you know push my plan i don't know if i agree with that but i do uh you know i've added that i've added that to my repertoire of like okay cautionary tales of you know, maybe we shouldn't be doing these things, but I do agree that, you know, my thought is it's again, it's some kind of reflective nature. It's like a reflective funhouse mirror of your psyche that you have to kind of learn how to interpret. But I do think it's always pointing towards the answer. And this is the, this is the issue I have with a lot of people. They think that these things are a panacea, like weed that just cures everything. And, and I don't, I don't even think, well, what's going on, on my computer here? Oh, is that you doing that? Or is that me? What's that? My shit, sure. my, my screen's just going. It's just, it's fine. It's still recording, um, and I still see you, so we're good. But my my okay. screens just started being possessed, and the, the 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 video just started going all over the place. Weird. You're saying something you're not meant to be saying. I guess so. Oh, I got, <laughs> dude, I got goosebumps on that. Holy shit! <laughs> nice. the, the goosebumps to me are it's like the confirmation of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, but that's yeah. that's a conversation for another time. But yeah. so I'm like, I'm I'm really a proponent of these things, and I'm like. These things have pointed me in the right direction. And uh, so I'm still on the fence of, you know, is it a, is it objective good or bad? I don't think it's neither good or evil. I just think it's a, a fun house mirror of your psyche. And it, that could mm -hmm. manifest as a demon. That could manifest as an angel. I, I would also like to point to the fact that over my many experiments with psychedelics and both I would consider lower states of vibrational consciousness versus higher that yeah if you want to enter the demonic realm you know get real low uh start thinking yeah. dark thoughts and and yeah. you'll you'll open up those portals and and i and i also agree with you like if you like your you know your your life if you like you know having your eyes closed and living your materialistic lifestyle Oop, don't don't is it okay don't do these things if you want to maintain your 
egoic hold on what you think the world is because the minute you do DMT, all that goes out the window. Yep. So, no, how did you get, uh, what was your first DMT experience like and how did that come about? Um, so for me, I, uh, I was trying to get, get a hold of it for a very long time. Um, I really, really wanted to experience it, but it was so hard to find anybody selling DMT. So anytime I'd meet somebody interested in psychedelics, I'd very quickly weave into the conversation. Like, have you tried DMT before? And where did you get it from? Basically. Um, and eventually, uh, one of my friends from school actually, and, you know, came across some DMT and I remember I had no idea how much you're meant to smoke of the stuff. Like I had no idea, you know, like what was the breakthrough dose? What was like just a kind of dipping your toes into the water thing. So all I knew is I wanted to have a breakthrough. That was just like, I had to have a breakthrough. If this was the only DMT I could ever get my, my hands on, I had to make sure that it was going to be as deep as I could go. So I put as much DMT into like the pipe that I had um, that would, you know, that it could still like smoke up basically. But in hindsight, it was just way too much and like unnecessary amounts because you can't smoke it all anyway. And um, I, yeah, just basically inhaled a, a, like as big a, a token as I could have, held it in for as long as I could. And then as soon as I blew it out immediately after I just ripped another one as hard as I could, as deep as I could, like I was just doing them as fast and as, you know, deep as I could. And I, I just remember um, at some point it just started hitting, hitting me so much harder and faster than I expected. And I was like, okay, you know what? <laughs> like, this is, this is a drug. This isn't a toy. This isn't a game. I'm a, like, I, I, my reality is just like crashing around me. And I felt like a star literally imploding on itself. And I was like, oh man, okay. I wasn't expecting it like, to be this intense. And um, I was starting to panic a little bit, but luckily I had like these, I could hear my inner thoughts kind of saying, don't worry, it's okay. You knew it was going to be like this. Just listen to what we're telling you. And I was like, listen to what you're telling me. Like, what do you mean? And as soon as I started just like trying to like concentrate on that and like let go of like what my body was feeling like, just like instantly entities swooped up telling me like, they were like, we control you, we control everything and like all sorts of crazy stuff. And then, um, yeah, they just took me to the tunnel of light. And then I just became like everything for like forever. It was just like I dissolved um, and became white light. And I, I felt like I was just like the entire universe, like God, I guess you'd say. And I was that for like hundreds of billions of trillions of years. Um, and then when I finally came out of that, um i was actually like i remember looking around and i was like oh crap like i realized i'm naked and i'm outside of my neighborhood um and like two weeks before this trip i'd i'd taken a high dose of acid and i'd stripped naked and run through the streets um oh yeah and, you know, oh, yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so i got into a lot of trouble for that and so i was like oh fuck like i've done it again like this is obviously just something i do Jeez, but dude! Realized, hold, on, hold on, hold on, hold on, You're running down the street naked on acid, and then two weeks later, you're just jumping right back into the the psychedelics. Wow. I think it was uh, maybe a month later or something like that. But wow, yeah, still was, though, dude. Jeez. <laughs> well, it was crazy though, because um, when I'd had that acid trip, right? Um, during that trip, when I was outside naked, and like it was weird, bro. Like people were the people who were coming up to me in reality, telling me to like calm down in that state they were like angels and they were coming up to congratulate me for getting on that level and they were saying you know good work like you've realized like this truth or whatever and 
they were telling me that I was going to enter this white light and I was going to become this white light for like ever. And it was going to happen as soon as I went back inside the house and sat on my couch. And I asked them, I was like, can I bring my friend Aiden with me? Who was, who was there um, when I was tripping on acid? And they're like, yeah, that's fine. Bring whoever you want. And then the ambulance came, took me away and it didn't happen that night. But then when I did have this DMT experience, um, that's what happened. I sat on the couch with my friend Aiden, smoked the DMT, went into this white light. And as I came out of it, I was back in the streets naked, but I realized after like 30 seconds, this isn't happening now. Like I'm just in a memory. I'm in the memory of when I was on acid. And as soon as I realized that the whole reality, like started crumbling around me and it restructured into another memory. And I just kept doing that over and over, literally like a scene from inception where everything's like just um, recreating itself. And then it recreated itself to me just sitting on the couch with the DMT pipe. And I was like, am I still in a memory? Like this literally just feels like another memory, but I guess I'm in the present moment now. Yeah. And that was the trip. That's what's wild detected. about that. Yeah. The DMT is uh, wild. It can, yeah. you know, I've, I've had people smoke DMT and it's like they, their experience was they they died. They smoked DMT. Yeah. It, it killed them. And then they went through that they went through that whole thing of what happens, you know, at least in according to their uh, model when they die, which was, you know, you float above your body, and they, 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 they literally thought they had died, and and right. in this death experience, though, they had come to terms and they made peace with death. So it was a very traumatic experience mm. that led to be, mm. but ultimately, ultimately healing with the, you know, because yeah. most people are afraid of death. Now, I've done I've done so much psychedelics, I'm afraid to do some of them now. But uh, I'm, I still will be going back very soon once I kind of clear this weed saga because the, the psychedelics told me they're like, look, you are wasting your fucking time coming here when you are just stoned to the bone all the time. You're not the psychedelics are like, we're here to help you out. And the best hmm. advice we can give you is to stop smoking weed. And so wow. the, 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 all the psychedelics kind of said, we're not going to help you anymore. These trips aren't going to be any fun. You're not going to have any more insight until you heed the message, right? And so a lot of people, it's like the Alan Watts quote, it's like, okay, when you, it's like looking through a microscope, right? And when you get the message, you go out and you 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 kind of, you know, you know evaluate your findings through the microscope. You don't sit there continually with your eyeball on the microscope looking inward. You have to take this information and apply it to the outer reality, which is why I think they're there to begin with. And they're a benign substance that we make good or evil through our intentions. Yes. Yes. And I think you, I think for the most part, you agree with a lot of the, and, 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 and saying you agree, it's like, I think there's a basic understanding about psychedelics that you either get or you don't get. And it's this magical trip of like, we are all one, love each other, yeah. have compassion, yeah. you know, and that's yeah. like the true gift of the psychedelic experience is showing us how actually connected we are, you know? So mm -hmm. That's why acid is my favorite psychedelic. It's it's uh, it always gives me that experience of oneness. Mushrooms to me are like alien, and I never know what I'm gonna get. I don't know if it's gonna be an auditory experience or it's gonna be a total uh, visual. Sometimes it's like I can hear across the country, you know, or sometimes it's just like alien weirdness. Now we haven't really talked about salvia. Have you ever done salvia? I haven't. No, have you? Yes, it's it's. Wow. I think uh, on equal footing uh, with the bizarreness of DMT, if maybe not even more bizarre. I don't That's know. Did you heard. did you hear the the trip story about the guy that smoked salvia divinorum? I posted it not too long ago. He smoked salvia divinorum in his basement with his friend on Christmas Eve, 
and a and a forty five second trip turned into eight years. His his lived experience, right? He's in this basement smoking salvia, but he goes somewhere for eight years and lives a full on uh, life that he. I mean, I I urge people to go look in, at this interview. Have you heard about that? Did you hear that story? No. I have, I mean, I've heard of that happening, but I, I not the specific story. You know, so it's like, what is the nature of reality? I, I think we are in this perpetual dream state that. For whatever reason, when we go to bed at night and come back to uh, you know our life, it, it continues down this the storyline. Um, now, here's another interesting theory I have been really dealing with over the past few weeks: is okay, are psychedelics showing us potentially uh, escaping the matrix or exiting samsara? Is this the truth of what re is reality beyond the human experience, or this is where I get tripped up? Let's say this is a dream we're having right now, right? The human experience is a dream. There's no real reality to it. And then in this dream of life, we smoke DMT, take peyote, eat mushrooms, and they take us somewhere, but still we're dreaming, right? So in our dream, we're taking drugs and then we're going somewhere. So it's like a dream within a dream is... And, and at that point, you have to ask yourself, well, what is the reality then? What is the reality of psychedelics? Right. Do you think it is a look beyond into the truth of the lived ex of, of like what is uh, beyond our five senses and perhaps the human experience and into heaven or in, in hell? Or is it something that we're making up within our dream? We're, we're just going deeper within our dream. What do you think? So, I mean, obviously, like, uh, just a guess, but I'll definitely say that when you were there, it feels real. Like, and it's like, whenever somebody hears that, who hasn't had that experience, um, like it's important for you to know the reason why like this reality right now feels real or at least realer than a dream. Like when you wake up from a dream, you're like, oh, I'm back in reality. That's just like a feeling you have. You mm -hmm. can say, oh, well, you know, this reality is consistent though whereas my dream's chaotic when you're in the dream it doesn't feel chaotic to you like there's a sense of order when you're dreaming and very often you have false memories when you're dreaming and stuff like that you know it's just that when you wake up you have this feeling of like everything's consistent i have this feeling of like this is real life when you trip that feeling like when you're sober it's nothing compared to when you're tripping when you're tripping it's like this is real like this is like there was a fog when i was sober it's been cleared and this is real reality mm -hmm. but logically it's very hard for me to just kind of say you know that's the you know in terms of what's available in the entire universe that's the ultimate place like maybe as human beings um uh that might be the ultimate place but i was like listening to this podcast with um, this mathematician, Donald Hoffman. And he was talking about the fact that like they're doing these mathematical tests and it's showing that um, reality, you know, like space, um, space and time itself, that this isn't real. Like it's just um, a product of our perception of reality and that there's actually, you know, a deeper level of reality that you can go like space and time is what you see on the laptop, but then there's something beyond that, which is the circuit board and all the rest of it. So absolutely. I can imagine psychedelics are taking you to that circuit board. You know, they're taking you to what's below, you know, this, this reality, it's taking you to a deeper version of it, a more like authentic version of it. But then, you know, there could be something beneath that potentially um, what that would be. I have no freaking clue, but yeah.
Yeah. What about and, you? What, what do you feel? Well, you know, I've, I, I used to think DMT is what life is beyond the filter of the five senses. Like we're, we're like these five senses of touch and, and, and smell and, and uh, like vision, like we see things, but it's through a filter. And mm. what's, you know, when you do psychedelics, it's beyond not only the filter of the five senses, but then I'm sure you've learned this with consciousness and ego that you, you have a certain, and I mean, this is just a Taoist secret. Like if you wish to see the truth, hold no judgment. Right. And through our judgment, right. judgment also creates this, uh, this filter that, you know, like I'm going to receive information, but my judgment's going to filter some of these things out to the point where you might not even see something like this famous, this famous video of like people dancing. Right. And then in the middle of the video, like there's a gorilla in the middle of the people dancing and like half the people don't even realize there's a gorilla in the video. Uh, because oh, yeah, of yeah, yeah. because of mind, because yeah. they're how they're perceiving it what their their judgments have attuned them to like perceive yes. things a certain way but the whole time these things are in front of us and so it's like um you know that that's like consciousness did i was it always there and i didn't see it or right. or, or am i just tuned in differently now to the frequency where it exists like that's yes. my issue with um reality creation and psychic phenomenon i used to debate this constantly i'm like Am I psychic or am I sensing something that's already existing? You know what I mean? Like, am I creating something or actually it's like, it was like psychic phenomenon versus manifesting. Am I manifesting these things or are they just on this timeline to exist? And I'm cognizant of the fact that they're coming. Like I'm psychic to the fact that they exist or did I create them? Did I think them into existence through feeling and emotion and, and thought? So I, that's why I'm still on this journey. The ultimate conclusion I I have is enjoy the mystery. There's things we're never going to understand. We're not meant to understand. It's like Terrence McKenna talks about a termite or trying to understand its place in the universe um, next to a human, right? Well, that, you know, that's a huge leap between a termite and a human. Imagine a God, a human and God. And one of the greatest takeaways I've, you know, an an immediate takeaway, and and I talk about this before, which is like Stanley Kubrick, the filmmaker, um, and making The Shining, he's like, this is a positive movie because the implication of Ghost uh, says that there is some kind of afterlife, right? That it's not just <laughs> it's not just right. death, right? It's not just death and, yeah. and an emptiness to it. And, and, yeah. it there, there is a potentiality that there's something does exist, and so by virtue, it's a positive. It's potentially positive, and I, and I'm like, and I'm always thinking like that, and and trying to. Um, be open and not judge, and and I'm and, and, and I want to keep in, engaging the mystery, and so I think uh, there's a few things that psychedelics do provide. They 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 are an, a window into your psyche. Uh, they do like like I said with the ghost thing. The minute you take psychedelics and you go to another realm, or you or you're or presented with a demon, like that's the thing. I know a lot of uh, atheists that have been turned into believers because they took DMT or because they took mushrooms. And they said, you know what? There's nothing to this reality. It's just scientifically, it's all measurable. We've discovered everything. We understand everything. There's no mystery. And I don't believe in God, angels and demons. It's just superstition and silly stuff. But the minute they do a heavy dose psychedelic experience and they experience another reality, or they, again, you know, talking to whatever they perceive as God or a demon, then you know their whole worldview has to change because it's like, wait a minute, I was wrong. and 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 so I... As much as I am like hesitant to promote these things, they do awaken people to the, the the their own internal suffering and why and how they got there, which is my story, and also the uh, the possibility that God exists, and then to explore that I think is a great thing. So let me ask you this: prior to your prior to your psychedelic journeying, 
where were you with God? What do you think mm-hmm. God is? And then after psychedelics, did it did it reveal God to you? Did it, uh, uh, you know, what 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 was the what was the journey there with the spiritual aspect of the psychedelic use? So, I mean, I was one of those atheists that you were describing before using psychedelics. I was like closed off to anything that was spiritual, anything that was religious. I was, if it's not science, it's not provable, it's not testable, then what's the point of even discussing it? Like I was extremely arrogant, extremely closed-minded. And that's why even though the first uh, proper psychedelic experience I had was synthetic weed, which is definitely not a drug that I'd ever advocate for anybody. Yeah, same here. K2, I would definitely stay away from that. Yeah, like literally I thought I was going to die on on one of those trips. Um, But uh, I had an experience which was just so outside of anything that I thought was possible. And, you know, because I was so arrogant, it was just like this insane humbling experience. And it wasn't religious. There wasn't any um, any aspect of me that got in touch with God. And it didn't, um, I don't think that trip itself stopped me from being um, an atheist, but it did show me, okay, there are experiences that uh, are beyond what we could, um, you know, what I, I thought was possible. And that opened my mind up a little bit. And eventually I got my hands on LSD uh, which as I was saying before, just changed my, um, you know, my mentality and, and like made me a much more positive person, but it didn't immediately, uh, show me God or, or break my, um, you know, just make me more open-minded. It took a while. And eventually I had a trip, you know, I was somebody who needed more acid than most to kind of get me deeper mm-hmm. because I was, you know, just very blocked. And then eventually it happened. Eventually I had an experience just that was i could only describe it as you know religious sort of thing and um i had a sense of god and it was like uh a conscious order to the universe and um you know if i was in high school hearing me talk right now i'd be like bro don't touch drugs like it's obviously made you crazy you know mm-hmm. like it's yeah, just something you totally. can't understand you know um but when you have that experience it's um it's just so beyond logic and it's just so beyond words, but you, you just feel it. And, and it's, it's literally poetic in that, like the, it is a feeling that you get that can only exist between the words and between the lines. Cause it's like, it's just so beyond comprehension, but it's so beautiful and it changed my life. And it just, it made me feel that connection that you're talking about with everybody. It was like the sense that we are all God inside and we're all one. And we're, we're literally just, the same thing having different experiences from different point of views so you know of course that it grew and developed my empathy as well and it just in this like one in, in just with one substance it, it it converted me from being this hardcore atheist science is the only thing to like you know we know nothing for certain and um and you know like like the way i'm looking at life now is pretty religious and i'm very open-minded to religion itself like i could very easily go to church i have gone to funerals i went to one recently and they're reading out you know um a a quote from from psalms and i'm absolutely resonating with it and i'm absolutely relating it to my dmt experiences and stuff so yeah it's definitely it's definitely converted me from an atheist to 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 somebody who believes in some version of god or another it's hard to put a label on whatever that is you know because it's everything and nothing but you know so, yeah. so prior to this, you did, yeah, you were basically an atheist. You, did you grow up Christian or anything? Were your parents the same way? Like, did you did you not grow up in any kind of spiritual upbringing? I mean, I went to uh, 
Catholic schools. Okay. But neither of my neither of my parents were religious. Right. Um, yeah. So that, I was that, surrounded that was, by it. That was my issue initially was how can I reconcile this with Christ, right? And the truth of, or, or is it truthful? Is there a truthful basis to any of these things? And, you know, after studying a lot of these major world religions slash philosophies, I've come to the conclusion, my personal belief is, you know, we all have the spark of divinity inside of us. But we are all one. I think these, I think what's happening with these religions is, and we'll use Christianity, Christianity as an example. I think Christ is the son of God. I think everything he's saying is true. I think it's um, a lot of it's coded and esoteric, uh, you know, wording and, and ideas. And he's presenting like Jesus is teaching the Tao, which is the way, right? Jesus is the truth, the way right, and the right. light. The Tao yeah. is translated as the, the way. And yeah. so I think Jesus is the ultimate teacher that even says in the Bible, even the least amongst you will be greater than me. You'll do greater things than me. Jesus literally says that in the Bible as the son of God, right? And so my understanding is these people come to earth. Like if people want to understand how I feel about Jesus Christ, watch um, The Last Temptation of Christ. I think it's somebody that had a peak spiritual experience beyond, I mean, I mean, I think these, uh, like the, the Buddha and, and Jesus, and I think when you have a peak spiritual experience, especially a prolonged one like that, it's painful. Like you reach right. a free, you reach a frequency where human existence is not fun. And um, but you're walking on water and you're doing all these things and you're you're these you're you're giving the masses what they need to hear. You're this ultimate teacher, and so I think as we move through time, um, we all we like the humanity is becoming less dense in general. And so this is why if you look back through history, um, the, the teachers show up less and less right through time. And as we progress to our current time, you see more people like you know consider the the the, the possibility that people are awakening. To the, the to the to the possibility that Jesus, what he said that even the least amongst you will be one day greater than me. That we're all here training on this plane of existence, this this continual dream that we're having, and to grow and to learn and to learn the way, the truth, the light, to become what Jesus is telling us we will become. And so I believe that one hundred percent that Jesus is the Son of God, that He is telling the truth, uh, and it's it's up to your interpretation based on your frequency. Because let me ask you this: I, I, you're not you're not much of a it seems like a, a spiritual person, but have you ever opened a spiritual book like the Bible on psychedelics? Because for me, a lot of the things that maybe I didn't understand before, they were illuminated through psychedelics. Yes. Have you ever done that? Before? Um, I have, yeah. Like um, uh, I haven't gone through the Bible specifically, but I know that like uh, if I've like I'll, I'll listen to passages from the bible uh or i used to when i was tripping and uh definitely buddhism i remember i'd have like um uh like lectures from buddhists and 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 that sort of stuff playing and it's you're absolutely right like when you're tripping like it just opens you up so like it's always around you like all of this like all of these lessons and all of this beauty all, all, always around you but as soon as you have that open mind you can just understand it on a completely different level and resonate with it on a completely different level when you're on psychedelics for sure yeah you know i think another thing with psychedelics is they find you when you're ready like the the saying is when the student is ready the teacher appears and that could be obviously a literal person or it could mm. be you know you find my meme account like you learn something from my meme you reach sure, yeah. you you yeah. reached an, you reached an energetic state internally where the universe through whatever means has given you your answer and it could be through psychedelics and so 
um, people that are are seeking psychedelics and are not receiving them, um, I don't think you have to work really hard to get them. I think God can put them in your reality when you're ready for yes. them. And so I don't know what you think about stuff like that. And also I wanted to ask you about like almost every trip I have, I experience heightened synchronicity afterwards. Yeah. Uh, and my theory on synchronicity is God has a path laid out for you. That's perfect. And if you yep. walk this path perfectly somehow, you know, we can't, we're not perfect, but the closer we get to this plan that God's got laid out for us, that we experience it more like a ride and there's nothing to be afraid of. And you, and you, and you actually enjoy, you know, yeah. the challenges and the things that God is going to, you know, you don't have any fear. Like one yes. thing psychedelics yeah. has taken away fear from me in a lot of ways, especially death. And, yeah. and, 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 and I'm a, and the ability to like take that leap of faith where most people won't just, just jump into the abyss and expect to be caught. But I not only know I'm going to be caught, but I'm going to be elevated by, um, trying to yeah. elevate myself and the people around me through truth. So yes. synchronicity and uh, psychedelic use, what do you think? What What's your experience with that? Well, same thing here. Uh, you know, synchronicities ramp up tenfold when I'm on psychedelics. I think it's because one element of, like, I think reality is much more of a reflection than we realize. Like the law of attraction could also be the law of reflection. It's like where you're at that's being expressed in the outside world or not even expressed. It's like, you are the outside world. You guys are connected more than you realize. So it's like when you trip, it's almost kind of like trying to remind you of that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. um, and that's why a lot of people will say they were listening to a song when they were having, you know, when they took acid or mushrooms and it was just the perfect song for them. It seemed to be relating to exactly what they're going through, but you'll find that that, can really happen with just about any song like that can happen with the tv show you're watching that can happen yeah with the dude you know yes, yeah. yes. you just that's, my, that's you my favorite thing about acid is watching tv or getting on something that is yes. supposed to be uh you know that's you're right that's how you experience synchronicity actually more is you try to avail yourself to a random number generator for example i like to go to an airport or just changing the channels right that's supposed to be random like i love yeah. tripping and watching tv and changing the channel because somehow yep the TV is matching my mental frequency and it's unbelievable. Exactly it's yes. I'm like, that's yeah. unbelievable. It's like, wow. And it truly does uh, to me, at least prove that my mentality, my mental makeup, I, I, I've learned in the, it's uh, my belief that reality is created in the mind. And uh, there's also this, you know, your heart energy and your karma. If you believe that, like what you come here yeah. to do, it all kind of yeah. comes together to create your reality that you're experiencing. And yes. yeah, psychedelic use um, exactly. just proves that it's a mentation because yes. how is the TV, which is supposed to be completely random, or how are the people at the airport or the mall? Like I love going to the mall or like I said, you go into the, uh, you try to avail yourself to a place or a condition that supposedly is random. And, right. uh, and, 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 and another way to experience more synchronicity is to like, for example, if you live a lifestyle and you just sit at home and you don't really um avail yourself to chaos then you're not gonna you know the more perceived control you have over a, of a of a reality the less synchronicity because i think also yeah. synchronicity comes out of like letting go and trying to experience the wonder and so yeah i but right. but but exactly synchronicity proves to me that there is a mental aspect of reality creation yeah exactly. i mean 
that's what the, the whole mathematician dude I was uh, mentioning before. That's what he was saying. He was like, literally like we're looking at it, the code of this reality and, and it's, it's looking like everything that we think is real reality outside of us is actually an, an aspect of our mind. Like it's literally our belief system is shaping our reality. And that, and that, you know, that's, that's how it goes. Like just as you were talking about with the, the gorilla video, it's like, uh, if as soon as you are programmed to be looking for the gorilla, you see it instantly before you programmed, uh, to look for the gorilla, you see a completely different video. And that's what we're all doing is like, at the very least, these experiences can show you that, um, that your, your reality is going to reflect what you are looking for and where you're at, you know, cause it's like, um, uh, when you're tripping and you're watching TV all of a sudden, like the person in the film, they'll say like, all oh, things are about to get, you know, very, like very hectic. I hope you're holding on like, and, and, and just be prepared to let go. And maybe in the film, they're talking about the fact that they're about to like, you know, maybe they're sailing and they're about to, uh, you know, uh, come into contact with like a giant tidal wave or some crap like that. But for you in the moment while you're tripping, they're speaking to exactly what you're going through. And then some, you'll have a thought and a friend that you're with will make a comment and it'll reflect exactly the thought you're having. You're Dude, just completely, yes. you know, yeah. You know, you're, you're constantly just, um, interpreting the things around you to relate to what you're going through. And I say interpret, but like when you're in that moment, it, it, it really is kind of relating to what you're going through. Like everything is yeah. actually relating to what you're going through. And it's, I it's think spooky if you don't know it, it's if spooky. you don't know what it is. It is yeah, it is a hundred percent. It's spooky. And, um, that's what I think is constantly happening. Like, I think we're doing that. Like that's happening when we're sober as well. We're just not as conscious. Wait, uh, as yes, yes, exactly. Yeah. I'll give you a good example. This is kind of a crude story, but it's very truthful. I, a couple of years ago, was doing a no fap uh, challenge, right? Don't jerk off as long as possible. And, 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 and just to see, like, is there any truth to this? Is, am, am I, I going to experience more testosterone, heightened energy levels? Am I going to think sharper? I just always, you know, somebody tells me something. I, if it's not disgusting, I'll, I'll try to do it. I'm not, that's why I haven't drank my own urine yet because I'm just, you know, like everybody's like, you got to drink your urine, man. I'm like, eh, I can't get past the, the, the gag reflex for me, but maybe one day. Yeah. But yeah. my, my story is this, I had gone like 104 days without jerking off uh, any kind of like sexual stimulation. And I, you know, I was tripping one night and the acid and the acid was like, um, the acid is like, you need to, you need to stop this. This is kind of ridiculous. And I don't know if it was the a devil trying to tell me to stop doing it, or if it was like a truthful, like entity being like, this is kind of extreme. And so I'm like, okay entity what else do you want me to do the entity's like why don't you just watch this a little porn i'm like i'm like entity i don't think i can even get hard and they're like oh don't worry we'll we'll help you out and so i don't even remember what i was watching and i mean i get into it and i don't know how long it was it could have been five minutes could have been five hours but yeah. long story short the minute i finally reached climax like in the movie like in the porn the women in the movie were like, Oh my God. Like the minute I came, they're like, Oh my God, we never thought you were ever going to come. Like, we were so happy you came. I'm like, this is, this is exactly. It was like, a, it was like perfectly <laughs> matching. I, I didn't know that it was a completely random porno. I didn't even expect to be tri doing that that night, but the yeah. LSD was challenging me. It was like, you're, you're, this is excessive. Like you need to release a little bit of this. And not, yeah. and, and I was, and when that happened, I could, I was like dying laughing. I couldn't believe it. Like it blew yeah. my mind how synchronized it was to my, my state of being with it, that this random yeah. porno was like at the end of it where the guy finally blew his load. It was like, and again, sorry to be crude people, but this is why you tune into me. 
um, because you want to hear these truthful stories. And you know, you know, I, I know people experience these things. They're just never going to tell anybody because they're just too embarrassed or it's just too crude. I get it. But yeah, that's uh, that's kind of my and I have many that's stories. Example. About that. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I wanted to ask you about what is the LSD Truman Show effect? Uh, yeah, well, that's you, you have a video about yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, that's this is pretty much it. It's okay. like um, it because this is the threshold Truman Show effect, I'd say. And then it kind of it's all of the same nature where it's kind of you start going a little bit more um, what, what like what people would start, you know, calling schizophrenic or something like that, where you feel like everybody's been watching you your whole life and you feel like there's a helicopter in the sky and that you're being broadcast to the entire world. You can literally feel cameras on you and, you know, like a mic in the background. Like you feel like you're literally like, that was why I stripped naked and ran through the streets. Cause I was like, Oh, I'm on the Truman show. Like, it doesn't matter what I do. Right. Like, you know what I mean? Like this, like, like we, we can flip the script. We're, we're writing the script. Like we do whatever we want now, you know, cause I can do whatever I want. Like I'm the, you know, that's what it was. And um, I think the Truman show effect is when the ego gets a little bit too involved with like the spiritual awakening and um, the spiritual awakening, the truth that's coming from it, at least in my opinion, is that we are all like, we're all in touch with God. We've got this, as you were saying, the spark of divinity inside of us, you know, this element of we're all the chosen person. We're all creating our own universe, which is why, you know, like reality is reflecting where we're at. Like we're literally living inside our mind. Like this is your story. And you should live it how you want to live it. You know, don't devote yourself to the judgments of other people. Don't um, hold yourself back from being authentic out of fear of judgment when the perceived judgment of other people are really just like figments of your own imagination. Like, that, you know, it's not to say other people aren't yes. real, but it's yeah. like, you know what I mean? It, dude, yeah. it, that's one of those things about high high level psychedelic use and especially consistently where you start to get a like understanding of the the the, the kind of layout of how these things will play out you know because initially you start using psychedelics it's like are these real demons or is this like what is this but you really it takes a, it takes a few times and again this is why I push the float tank it really helps you understand these things quicker like i right. would never have the understanding of psychedelics if i was just going to be randomly taking acid or mushrooms here and there without really any intention to kind of understand and then using like the ultimate tool of stillness because i think forget it even psychedelics or not if you you it, it, stillness is the key you know be be mm. still and know god right you know to mm. enter the inner kingdom of what, what what christ like the heaven the kingdom of heaven is within and to enter that into to enter into that kingdom the world is so um uh it's so much assault with your senses with food and tv and internet and phone and pornography it's just, it's, an, it's a it's a consistent uh, assault on your senses and it's very hard for a person who is really walking uh, a consistent like western lifestyle that isn't tuned into these things to ever access them because it's it requires stillness and um, the world is not really beneficial in like helping you get there right you have to really work you have to sit in a cave or you have to like, you know, remove yeah. yourself from society. So that's why I offer the float tank to help um, people. And again, you don't need psychedelics. Your mind is a powerful thing. Um, yeah. But the psychedelics, I believe, help you break down these e egotistical barriers you've created or, 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 or faulty systems of belief that you've taken to their like 
nth degree where they're not actually working for you anymore. There, there's maybe even a falsehood to it. And the psychedelics break all these things down and say that this is true. This is false. This is the direction you need to go in. And it's on you to do it. We're not going to, we're not going to solve your problems. Yeah. We're just going to show you where you're, you know, misaligned or you've got blockages and you need to go out there and work on it, you know? Yeah. And dude, you get it. And, you know, like, I'm not saying that people who do psychedelics every once in a while um, don't get it. But you really have to give these things some time. And again, like I could be wrong. I could be saying, you know what, this de this demon's really long conned me to, to like get in, get on, <laughs> to get online, and, and I don't think so either. But the demon's really long conned me here to to be its promoter. And so yeah. you know, it's it's giving me some insight. It's giving me some notoriety. It's giving me whatever. Yeah, I mean, I, I would say it's, a ter it's doing a terrible job because I mean, I was already on the path to like complete atheism, and that was only getting reinforced before psychedelics. You know what I mean? So. Right. Um, because I hear Christians all the time being like, you know, like this is, and myself, I'm, I'm, I've started, you know, my brother's extremely Christian and he, I've gone to church with him a few times. I'm quite open to it. But um, at the same time, I'm just like, if the, these entities that we're meeting on psychedelics are demons, they are literally doing a horrible job because they are converting a lot of atheists to being religious or at least open-minded right. to the element, you know, the concept of God. Um but for me, I remember my brother, he actually thought they were demons himself. He, he was convinced these entities I was talking to were demons. And um, so he said to me, I, um, he wanted to come over once. And I said, oh, look, man, I'm, I, I was actually I marked this, um, this date off as a night that I'm going to do DMT. Because uh, I, I do it, like I haven't done psychedelics for a long time. But when I do do it, it's quite infrequent. But like I have like, I want it, you know, kind of like to be a special event. And so I was like, I'm not going to change this day, like last minute. So if you want to come over, you can, you're just going to have to like trip sit me while I'm on DMT. And he was like, okay, I'll do it. But you have to listen to this um, song, the specific song, because I feel like it's very like guided by like Jesus. And it's like a, I think it was like a tongues, the guy, you know, he's, he sings in tongues at some point. So I was like, yeah, sure. I'm, I'm, a, I'm down for it. Let's do it. And so um I plug in this this you know um the song and uh smoke some dmt and it's freaking beautiful man like listening to christian music on dmt was it was wonderful like i should be doing it way more you know what i mean because this music is made to get you on that like higher frequency that higher level mm -hmm. and so you know straight away it's 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 just religious and gorgeous but um at some point do you know much about like the dmt operating table you know i've been on the dmt operating table unfortunately you have oh my god yeah, unfortunately was, I, I never went back because of that i haven't been back since the dmt operating table it was bad so tell me about your tell me about it then what is yeah, the DMT? okay i'll talk about mine then we'll break we'll go on to yours um for me it was it was well, it was a positive thing i uh unless it was my, maybe mine was different um but uh at some point i just remember i was on something like an operating table i was lying down and then a couple of these like light beings just like descended from above me. And one of them it was like a chick. She was like doing some work on my eye. And I remember I had some tension in my eye and she just like released the tension. I could feel that physical release uh, of physical relief. Sorry. Um, and then the guy, when the whole procedure was over, he like put one hand on my forehead and the other hand on my heart. And I still had like the music playing. And then he like, ascended with the others and as soon as i opened my eyes my brother like walked over and then he put one hand on my heart the other hand on my forehead in exactly the same position and just stood there above me 
and just started praying. I was like, this is, this is strange. Like this connection is so strange. But anyway, afterwards I told him about the experience and then he was convinced that the entities were angels and uh, okay, I was just calling yeah. them the wrong thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mine, yeah, was, sorry, that mine yeah. was complete opposite of that. So oh, no. I've actually been there a few times and one time it wasn't on DMT. It was in the float tank and that was a good experience, but I'm gonna tell you about the bad one. Right. So yeah. this was my last breakthrough experience and it was probably about four or five years ago. And I haven't gone back since because I've been trying to like do the work, but what happened was I was peak and, and I've kind of reached that peak again over the past few months, which is why I quit. But I finally got the, I finally understood it. And that's another story for another time. But this was three or four years ago. I was peak marijuana use uh, just, and I was really excessive with the, 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 the cartridges and the dabbing, like, you know, the crack of weed basically. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm with this girl and, you know, DMT comes along when it wants to. It really does. I believe that. And she had some DMT. And she's like, you want to do this? I go, honestly, no, I don't. I'm terrified. And 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 we didn't have like a crack pipe or whatever. We didn't have like a proper pipe to do it. So we had to do the sandwich method, which is you take some weed and you put some DMT in between it because you can't put direct heat to DMT because uh, it'll just burn it, right? So you need to yeah. kind of vaporize it. And so when you do the sandwich method, unfortunately, you're smoking weed as well. Um, or, or fortunately, some people like that. Um, for me, it wasn't a good thing because um, I was taken to like, it seemed like the year 3000 and I was on an operating table, but I was a baby or a child. I was very young and I had green and I was green and I had green coming out of every orifice, my ears, my nose, my, uh, my, uh, my, my tear ducts, my mouth. I was shitting it out. I was peeing it out. Green, 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 green. Now, obviously this is a very, subjective message for me i got it immediately which was you know i'm you know too much weed like i am just drowning in it and so right. that that's been my journey for the past three or four years is you know i went back to acid same thing i didn't go on the operating table for for weed but it was like don't come here anymore like you you know everything you need to know about the mechanisms of these things but we can't take you any further uh until you do the necessary work and right. and i don't know if you believe this or not but you know apparently marijuana is a female spirit and so is ayahuasca aka dmt oh, yeah, yeah, right and they're yeah. very you know supposedly they're jealous of each other right so like an ayahuascaro will tell you it's called a dieta and you can't you shouldn't engage in sex you shouldn't smoke marijuana you should avoid certain foods because of the nature of what ayahuasca is going to do to you like for example the, the reason you don't want to eat certain foods is there's a there's a certain level of density to that i believe which if you're eating cheeseburgers right before an ayahuasca experience, there's going to be a level of density that the ayahuasca has to break through. And in doing that, you're not going to get as a, you're not going to get as deep of an experience. So the, the dieta is saying, you know, clear the table of everything so we can have full, full power instead of ayahuasca cleaning up your, your, your shitty lifestyle. Uh, it'll just go straight to the point, you know, but, and, and the reason for sex is, the entity supposedly can jump from people to people. Like you, you, we share energy fields when we connect, obviously, and especially post ayahuasca, you're you're very open potentially mm. to these entities that are, you know, moving around other people. I mean, one time I was uh, in a bar and I was just stoned. I wasn't like, I didn't really drink at the time, but I was around a bunch of people who were extremely drunk, and I was just stoned, sitting there watching these spirits, and that's why they call liquor spirits, by the way. Um, mm jump from person to person, like just jump out of their body and just jump onto the next person. This was just in a bar drinking. And so I, I, I came to understand that there was a potential truth to this ayahuasca, like spirit experience. And 
that the reason these these ayahuascaros prescribe these diets, those dietas or whatever they call it, is to maximize the experience and to keep you safe. So uh, in my experience, the reason that the ayahuascaros say don't smoke marijuana is because the ayahuasca is a female entity herself and they are they can be jealous of each other. So mm. for that reason, I've never had the calling of ayahuasca. I've never, you know, it's never been presented to me in a in a in a in, a, in an opportunity where I could engage with it because I think I'm so, um, you know, I'm still dancing heavily. Not anymore, obviously, ten days out, but um, maybe that'll open up. But I'm I'm not ru- I'm not running to it. Like I I think at a certain point you also kind of get the you kind of get it. Like okay, I could keep coming here, and I I like coming into the into hyperspace as an artist, right? I like that. It's fun yeah. for me, but also yeah. it can be it can be very ungrounding. I mean, I had spent six months microdosing where I completely lost touch with reality. You know, I, have you had any experience like that where there was a negative um, like effect in the real world because you engaged in maybe too much or you lost touch with reality? Or have you just been able to just keep it under control and been a good boy this whole time? I think uh, I've definitely um, felt like it's it's when I was taking psychedelics a lot. I definitely felt like my reality was changing. Like it was kind of like a nonstop trip, but um, I was very positive. Like I had a positive mindset when I wasn't on psychedelics anyway. Like um, those trips you, had you, helped. You look healthy in general. Like you look a healthy guy, you know, like some people just like, like they look like druggies. <laughs> yeah. No, it, it, like I felt, I felt healthy and I felt like I wasn't in danger. I felt in control, even though like I had no idea what was going on. The way I looked at life was very different. Um, and I would say, you know, like I was, you, you know, I was still in a trip. I was still very like positive minded. And so I never felt like it was any, I was in any danger or anything like that. I also have another theory as to why we're talking. Cause I'm going to, I have a few more questions and I got to start wrapping it up here. Um, that, you know, I try to be, I, there's a few people recently I try to get in touch with. And I realized I had an epiphany the other day that my frequency was so steeped in marijuana. It was just a, a heavy marijuana frequency that like people like you and my other friend that I was talking to, you know, to match your frequency, I had to quit. Like to have this interview, I had to quit. Oh, it's like a wow. byproduct of me switching my frequency that certain people were just locked out like energetically to me until I kind of get closer to your frequency. Wow. You know? yeah. and, and, it, and it really, it, 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 I think there's a truth to that. Now, one of these questions I had was, uh, you have a video here, what LSD taught you about deja vu now? I don't really think I know what deja vu is. I don't, I think, um, you know, the infinite consciousness that we are maybe ha- might have access to the timeline in a weird way that we don't understand, but I've never been yeah. able to really put it in a way that I could tell other people. What do you think that is? What do you think deja vu is? All right. That's an older video, that one. So I'm going to have to try and remember, but um, I, I think that as we were saying before, the way we look at reality it's very much like a reflection of, of where we're at, but also I feel like we interpret reality with the, um, the highest technology available to us. And I think the fact that when we have deja, deja vu, we feel like we've done this before. I think there's a reason to that. I think that's like a deep part of us kind of waking up and saying that we have done this before. Um, I don't think it's just an illusion of the mind because our entire reality is composed of just different perceptions. You know what I mean? It's weird for us to have this one perception and be like, oh, that's just that's just a glitch. The rest of everything else is is 
is normal. The only reason why we're calling it a glitch is because it's just slightly, it contradicts how we see reality. But, you know, the reason why we're interpreting it as we're waking up uh, to realizing we've done this before, it like it's happening at the same time as we're do running these like um, metaphysical experiments that are showing us things like, you know, we can both be a proton uh, or electron as well as a wave function. I don't know mm -hmm. if you know much about like yeah, a wave and a, a yeah, wave and a particle. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's like we can be solid and in form and in this specific timeline, but we can also be in a state of potentiality outside of time. Mm -hmm. And um, I think in that way, it's kind of like in the state of potentiality, we've lived like this life already. And it's almost like a video game. Um, as I was saying, we, we relate things to the highest technology. So obviously... In a right. thousand years' time, we're going to have a new technology to relate this to. But right now, I'd say it's kind of like in a video game, you have a mission to complete and you kind of achieve these checkpoints, but you're going to die quite a few times. So the character, it doesn't remember that it's lived this, this life already. It doesn't realize that it's connected to this thing called the player, this higher consciousness that exists outside of the character's timeline. It doesn't realize it's connected to this this consciousness that is aware of this this greater timeline. Um, the character just kind of experiences the immediate moment, but it's doing things that it's done before in order to pass the checkpoint, in order to complete the mission. Mm -hmm. And in these moments, the character may have this this resonance with the player, which would be deja vu. Oh, I've done this before. Um, but I mean, obviously, that's just a guess. That's like. That's my guess to what it is because I've had uh, trips which have made me feel like I've had interactions with people many, many times. Um, I remember once, I, I think in that video, the What is Deja Vu one, um, I had an LSD trip where I had this very unhealthy relationship with my friend. And uh, I remember that I never had taken acid with him. And finally I took acid and there was just this like, I felt like I was seeing myself like split into lots of different dimensions. And I kind of could see a different version of me interacting with my, this, this friend. And we were interacting with one another, like in all sorts of different sort of scenarios, but in each one of these scenarios, we had the same unhealthy relationship. And then uh, I realized, you know, this is just going to keep happening over and over until I do something about it. And so I talked to him and uh, kind of like had a little breakup and then, you know, had, we became friends again, but once we were both in a much healthier space. So it was kind of felt yeah. like I passed the mission at that point. I've had experiences like that. And, and again, the takeaway of LSD is like, we're all connected. We've lived these lives potentially uh, many times. I'm you, you are me. You know what I mean? You haven't yeah, lived yeah, yeah. yet or I haven't lived you yet. I've been yeah. like, the, do you watch Star Trek? Do you know what the holodeck is? I don't know. Okay, well, it's this room on these on Star Trek. They have uh, these rooms where they can go in, and they it's just a room with a grid system on it, and they can walk into this room and they can say, "Computer, I want eighteenth, nineteenth uh, century uh, England," and they they play the character of Sherlock Holmes, and they stay within this room, and all these characters just zoom into this space, and they're in eight, you know nineteenth century London, uh, talking to you know Sherlock Holmes and and having these adventures, uh -huh. but they're but they're actually aboard the starship enterprise so yeah. a lot of my takeaways were we're this infinite consciousness i'm an infinite consciousness and but i'm also you but i'm in this void 
And I'm looking through this thing and I'm experiencing my life as float universe, right? And I'm convinced it's me because I'm so unconscious. And and, and this also will lead me into the question of free will. But I am looking, I'm in this like, I'm an infinite consciousness without a human ego behind it. And I'm looking through, I'm in this like giant sphere inside the sphere and there's like infinite slits. And as I put myself up to the slit, I can see, oh man, I was a black guy a hundred years ago. I was a Chinaman. I was, I lived in Japan. I was a Russian. I was a woman. I was this, I was that. And I, I had full empathy and I remembered these lives but obviously I wasn't, I'm still this person here. Um, and so I realized that yes, that past lives and we are all one, like it, it's almost, if you haven't been there in these, in these kind of spaces, it's hard to explain, but if you've been there, you mm. know what I'm talking about. And this also right. leads me to free will. So, and this will probably, uh, there's so many more questions we, and we'll have to do a part two, um, yeah, for sure. <laughs> but especially when I get clean and start doing more psychedelics again, we can talk about some of these other experiences you've had, but I just want to kind of end with like free will. So my thought is I'm still out to lunch, like with my verdict. I don't know if it exists or not because I've had experiences where I am an infinite consciousness in a movie theater watching float universe's life that, that mm-hmm. in the implication is, you know, like a movie it's already been filmed. It's in the can. There's no editing. There's no action. There's no cut. It's just, you're in the movie. It's going to play out the way it's been filmed and there's nothing you can do about it. And in a way it's extremely liberating if that's true. Right. Cause you know, it's, it, it, it can sound almost defeatist. Like there's no point to life. Just, you know, what's the point. But in, in a way, if, if that's true, that your life has already been filmed, you're free to just experience the film and not really worry so much about the outcome because and if there's no free will, there's nothing you could do. And that experience was very real and it made it, it, it was very truthful. And the takeaway was that you're so unconscious um, in this theater that you're convinced you're the characters in the movie. I'm convinced I'm float universe, but I'm not. I am an infinite awareness in a void uh, participating in this dr- this this perpetual dream that I wake up to every day that somehow the storyline basically continues as it did the day before, whereas in other dreams it's like there's it's it, dreams it, it, almost like a chaotic thing like unless you have a ability that I don't have and some people do to 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 lucid dream and control it but to most people a dream is almost a random thing it's almost like a psychedelic trip you don't know and you almost can't recreate it. So my question to you is, have you had an experience like that? Do you think free will exists? Do you think we're freely, I'm freely choosing to raise my hand here or that that was predetermined by God and, or, or, or can they exist simultaneously? Yeah, I think, um, I'm also not sure about this. I'm on the fence with this one for sure. It's, um, it's one that I'm kind of, I was afraid you were going to ask me this question when you start, when you mentioned free will, cause I was like, man, I really don't know, but the, best guess i used to have was kind of like um if there exists like if if um we we exist on like this like third dimension with like linear time perception and right now you know what i mean like that the the future hasn't happened sort of thing but then you've got a a potential perspective of a being that is at the frequency of light and if you're at the frequency of light you know i mean you are outside of the projector yes you're outside of the projector yeah exactly so it's kind of like for them your movie has already finished like they're like they could be watching your life um through your eyes 
but technically to them like the the ending has already been filmed they can skip to the next chapter they could preview if they want because it's already happened to them mm-hmm. hypothetically so there's that but with the realm of potentiality it's possible that everything we could do has happened and it's up to like the player the person watching to decide which version of like the universe or our like parallel lives we're going to be living and experiencing so like we've kind of got free will because we can choose you know um like uh you know one of these potential realities to live in and maybe the like it's hard for me to tell i i I honestly don't know because maybe then at the same time like they're choosing something that has never happened before i really don't know I don't know. That's, yeah, that's my answer. I, 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 have no I, idea. I, I agree. <laughs> and I've kind of made peace with the mystery, which is there's some things we're not meant to understand. And maybe yeah. even with psychedelic use, there's there's realms and there's there's uh, understandings that if we could just have that understanding, we would it would then our current quandary, our current problem with free will versus not is solved. But because right. we're just that's like the termite thing, like the termite trying to understand its place in the universe. Like what the hell? Like there's it's not possible, right? And then so for us to expect to 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 take it to the next level that we can understand the mind of God, you know, I think is uh I mean, I've read so many books, I've experienced so much, I've tried to understand the mystery. And what I've always come to the conclusion is there's, you know, enjoy the mystery. You can't understand yeah. it all. It's a it's it's a mystery for a reason. And it just enjoy the ride. And so for me, like the free will thing comes down like this too. It's like the pirates of the Caribbean. I I know this is a ride. I know that it's going to be okay, that God loves me and I'm here for a reason. I'm just here to enjoy this ride. I know the pirates aren't going to get me. The guns aren't real. But for the unconscious yeah. person, for the uninitiated, it's you're very much in a, a, a life or death situation with pirates and you could be taken captive and killed anytime. And, the, and yeah. that's, you know, and I think psychedelics help us break free from a lot of these things uh, that there's this fear conditioned uh, uh, lifestyle that a lot of us are just living as a like a manifested reality old unfortunately i think psychedelics have also helped me understand the schizophrenic mind which is if you start putting uh any kind of input into your mind it starts to create a a, a feedback loop and if you believe it enough and it gets intense enough then paranoid Mm. schizophrenia that's where it comes from which is you uh, you are stuck in a, a loop of uh, negative or uh, things that keep reinforcing the falsehood of your situation but because you you are such you know that you're just so locked into that truth that again that's the beauty of psychedelics is pulling you out of that fear state showing that no 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 you know it could be you're 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 you're, you're potentially wrong right so yeah. that's my final thoughts really about free will and paranoia I'd, I'd love to hear your thoughts and and then you're you're concluding you know your final words and anything you want to promote yeah, I, I agree. I think um, it's kind of like, I don't know if you've seen Rick and Morty, but they've yeah. got that, um, you know, the episode where uh, I think it's Life of Roy, mm-hmm. where Morty puts on the, you know, the VR goggles and he literally just lives this life of Roy. And he's living, you know, this life um, in like real time. He experiences like 50 something years and then he just dies. And then all of a sudden the headset is ripped off his head and he's like, wait, who am I? Like, um, that's right. I'm Morty. I'm this. I'm this boy. Where's my wife, though? Where's my children? It's like that when you take DMT. It's like you literally, or like a high dose of a psychedelic. It's like removing the headset. You remember 
weight, like that narrative that I took so literally, that's just, that was a character that I was living as. Like, that's literally what it feels like. That's why to bring it back to the Truman Show effect, there are cameras and stuff around. And I, I feel like you feel like you're being broadcast because it's like this, um, you're also getting in touch with like the actor mentality where you feel like you're no longer the character who you were. Like for me, I was like, I'm not Jack anymore. Like these, my neighbors are coming up and congratulating me, but they're not congratulating me. They're congratulating like the actor version of me. And they're congratulating me for remembering who I really am. And I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. Like we're all just like, God, you know, and just, we're just having this experience. Like we're literally like, uh, like I took that so seriously, but all my problems are just a joke right now. And I'm literally just laughing and celebrating with all, like all my friends, it feels like my long lost family. And I'm, one of the jokes we're making is that I'm just going to forget, like, I'm literally just going to go back to playing this character and I'm going to forget that this is who I am. And this is really the, like what's happening right now. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think it's something like that, of course we do relate these like mysteries with our highest technology movies video games and things like that and in a thousand years time i'm sure it's going to be related to something else so you always have to take it you know with a pinch of salt but as far as i'm concerned that's that's kind of what's going on anyway um and beyond that i'd say um if you are somebody who's had psychedelic experiences and um or maybe you are experimenting legally um I would say just remember to stay positive with this stuff because like it's so much of it is really challenging and so much of it is just like going to really change the way you look at reality. But none of these demonic entities or these mysteries have any power over you until you give it fear. Mm -hmm. If you don't give it any fear and you remember your strength, remember literally that you can always just let go and surrender you know as they say the universe bows down to the man who surrenders and that's that's how it is it's like if you can truly just let go have fun no matter where you're at it doesn't really matter how crazy it gets you'll still be you'll still be just a crazy happy person um yeah awesome well i appreciate your time uh this this for you it's uh 7 p.m it's 7 a.m now and I'm going to get up here and start my day. And I really appreciate the time you've given me. I'm so glad, by the way, to all the fans out there that kept tagging you and saying, you need to interview this guy. And I'm like, yeah, I like this guy's vibe. And so, yeah, we've been trying to go at it now for a bit. And I'm glad, uh, you know, and one thing I will say about my sobriety, I've done like 10, 10 podcasts in like the past week, both my own and doing other people's because I've just been so motivated and so there is truth that I think there's power in sobriety. There also is power in these uh, psychedelics and and I love weed. I'm never going to shit on it. And that's the thing. I hate it when people quit and they say, oh, no, this is garbage. It ruined my life. No, no, no. This is, uh, you know, for me, it's helped. It's helped a lot of people I know. I'm still exploring it. And I and I appreciate your, your truthful insight into these things because um, there's not too many people willing to talk about these things on such a large scale. Now, you're, you're worldwide, man. You're in Australia and uh you're all over youtube so how can people find you like what's the best places to find you do you have a website uh, i don't have a website the, the best place to find me would be like i'm most active on tiktok at the moment um just trip whip and it's a picture of marge simpson melting um but otherwise i'm also on youtube i post um every now and then on youtube and instagram um but if you like my long form content then i'd say go over to youtube um uh but yeah otherwise on instagram it's just trip whip with uh, double p on the trip and the whip and um 
yeah uh, one thing though before we finish it up i will say with the weed um with the weed thing um i was also the same i was addicted to weed i remember and freaking man it's hard when you quit like i remember being depressed just not mm-hmm. like at night just being sober like it sucked and i like I, that was the moment i realized i was addicted i was like i can't go a night without weed without like really craving being high um but uh, have you ever like considered um or have you ever like used weed in the same way as like a psychedelic like smoked it well like, see that that's kind of that's kind of been my issue is you know i've known like terence mckenna would tell it would tell you the same thing like do it once a month do it on a special occasion do it at a very high dose and make it psychedelic yeah, but yeah. but here's the problem for me, and I realize this looking at other people with substance abuse. I can have one beer, and I won't want a beer for a week. I don't care. I don't think about it. it doesn't bother me. But with weed, I can't for whatever reason. I haven't been able to maintain that balance where I, uh, I hit it, okay. and the next day I want it again, and I want it again, right. and and then it gets to the point where it's like a cup of coffee for me. You know, it's not really psychoactive. It's just keeping me uh, there to maintain some kind of baseline of not feeling sick because I'm missing out on my chemical that I've abused. So for me, uh, it's, I, I want to get to that point, but I also, after 12 years of being nonstop, you know, Snoop Dogg levels of smoking, I want to experience, um, you know, I want to take all this insight I've gained over these past 10 years of psychedelic drug use and floating and apply them to the real world without the hindrance of marijuana. And, and, and again, I say it's a hindrance for me. It may not be for other people. It may be the most beneficial thing you'll ever do. So I don't discourage it, but I say approach it with you know with caution like anything else. You might not be addicted to alcohol, but lots of people are. You might not be addicted to weed, but lots of people are. And there are physiological and psychological aspects. And for me, just to end uh, the weed story and then how I got to this quitting point was was just saying, you know what? It was the Alan Carr thing, which was, you know, this is this is a burden, you know, from what prior to me really quitting this last time, I couldn't really get to that point where I said, this is a burden. It's like, no, no, I love this stuff. I can't I can't be creative without it. Um, I, I, I need it for my personality to be like chill. But no, it was like recontextualizing it as a burden allowed me to let it go much easier. Where It's like I don't want to be looking for a place to smoke or running out of money or trying to find, you know, the next bag of weed you know so for me it's just good riddance for for a minute and then maybe like you said i can come back to it at a certain point after a couple years i kind of made a promise to myself to not smoke a weed to not smoke weed again until i made a million dollars so uh we'll we'll, we'll see because the thing is too it's like my life is great and i I might i've kind of maintained a life with weed here but i feel like my life could be so much better you know what i mean i want to see if that's true like what will happen if i just break this cycle and try to take it to the next level so i appreciate the um, you know, the conversation and the fact that you've also had this struggle. Now, are you able to do that now? Do you go back and do it once a month, once a week? Like what's your, or do you just not do, um, any, do it at all? I, I see. I'm not tripping at the moment. I, I don't have the calling for it right now. I feel like I will at some point, but right now I'm in a period of like, kind of just still integrating like yourself, mm-hmm. um, integrating a lot of the, the messages. And once I feel like I'm kind of, I've done that, then I'll probably start tripping again. But for me, uh, weed definitely was like, I think I went on holiday for a little bit um, and I was forced to break like out of smoking weed. And I remember when I came back, it was a full on like psychedelic trip. And that's what stopped it for me. That's what like stopped me from smoking weed so much because it being was like, sober was psychedelic. Well, being sober was psychedelic, but also it was like, this isn't just weed anymore. Like this isn't like just having a drink while I, you know, chill out. Like this mm-hmm. has gotten to the point where now I'm getting anxious on mm-hmm. to, to smoke weed because it's like, oh God, like this is, 
this is going to be a trip sort of thing because uh, it trigger flashbacks. So you might mm -hmm. find that like once you have that like solid break, if you like do come back to it and do like have a massive amount of weed all of a sudden and then just go dive straight into meditation, you'll probably like just go like somewhere hell hectic. And then after that, you'll be like, you, you will rewire that relationship with weed. So it's Dude. just another one of the strong psychedelics you can't see it there but goosebumps because i know that's true and i've kind of thought that i'm like i need to get to the point where i can go back into it and it's painfully psychedelic where it's like you know right thank you for you know supporting us and, and promoting the weed message but your time has been served here and you know yeah. come back from come back when you feel like it but you don't need to come back anymore because that's the thing i've had those okay so uh, i'm going to end it here but <laughs> i smoked in my early 20s for like two years and yeah. it, this was when it was illegal and you could go to you serious jail time and it was just super, it was hydroponically grown where I was too. So it was very potent. And yeah. and because of the frequency and the inability to get it, um yes. the, the it the, the the last few times I did it was was like that, where it was just super paranoia. My heart was racing and it was like there's this this isn't good and I don't need to do this. But yeah, it becomes like a cup of coffee for me now. And if I don't have my <laughs> cup of coffee, I'm an angry, uh, irritable little bitch. And uh, so I don't want to be like that. I don't want to be dependent on any substance. And you're right. So I'm, I will probably, you know, in a year or two, go back and just, you know, exactly reprogram that relationship. And uh, so Trip Whip, guys, follow him. Instagram, TikTok um, is his main thing. YouTube, too. He's got a lot of long form videos on uh, YouTube, which you guys should check out if you're interested in psychedelic content. He's really good at his message, and I've been entertained, and I've seen a lot over the past year. So, Trip Whip, thank you so much for being here tonight. Absolutely honor, bro. I had a fantastic conversation. Thank you. Yes, and we will uh, do this again sometime soon. So, so you have a great rest of your day, my friend. Thank you. You too. All right. You are enlightened. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thank you, brother. You too. Bye-bye.